All right, welcome back. Episode 68 of the Young Old Heads podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tommy, aka TV Sports Cards, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Max, aka Cards Max, aka Cards Max Halloween Edition. Max, how you doing? Feeling spooky today. We have a boofractor set of emotions going on this podcast. Lots of update parallels. We're not just stopping at frozen fractors. We're going to Halloween fractors. I don't even know the specific names of them, but Michael Rubin is getting us galvanized. And uh, and yet another move by Tops. Uh, Max alluded to the fact that in 2023, Tops update was just recently re- recently re- released, and we hit on the fact that they lowered the hobby box packs to 20 last week. But um, it came out that in the blaster boxes. There's these Halloween parallels that are special edition blaster update edition stuff. Um, and I have thoughts on it, Max. Do you have any thoughts, though, before I go on my little rant about it? I am usually very active in saying that innovation is good for the hobby. But I think we're teetering a very fine line right here. And I agree. Um, my thought is just keep this shit out of update. You know, we have this Tops holiday release that they've been doing for, you know, five plus years now. Just expand the holiday edition. Just make it, you know, instead of only having Christmas related SSPs and SPs, throw in some jack-o'-lantern shit. Throw in some Valentine's Day. Throw in all the holidays. Like, go wild. Go buck wild with Tops holiday edition. Keep it out of my update. I love update. People know I've been ripping updates since it was Tops traded. Like, that's that's... That's deep for me. Uh, but holiday, Tops Holiday Edition has a lot of room for growth. Uh, they've only ever really focused on Christmas. I think that's kind of ridiculous. I think that they could totally expand it to other things. These Halloween parallels that they got an update, those should be in Tops Holiday. What do you think about that, Max? I've been doing a lot of research on marketing lately, and uh, I've been eating a lot of Mr. Beast bars, who obviously is a marketing genius. And we want... I think from Fanatics' perspective, they want to get as much exposure to people who like things, okay? And it sounds crazy, but a lot of people in the United States or even globally are able to say, oh, this is Halloween, this is cool. They're not able to say, oh, wow, I can personally relate to this snow camo parallel to the time of year it is, you know, because that's just not something that's relevant. That being said, there is a respect that needs to be maintained for our true flagship parallels. This might be controversial, but what is the necessity of having Independence Day parallels? What does Independence Day have to do with baseball cards? Hello? Question mark. And you can extend that with Frozen Fractors and Mother's Day. We got they officially Mother's Day, Father's Day. What does this have to do with my baseball cards? What happened to our true black and gold parallels? So I respect expansion. I think expansion can be done well. In 2016 and 2017, you have to recognize that we had a full revamp to what our parallels were. We were going from diamond and gold foil and emerald foil and red hot foils from the 2011s to 2014s to just smack dabbing, making it a rainbow foil from 2015 on a very ugly, worthless, materialistically and monetarily rainbow foil. And that became, so we are able to innovate and change, but at the same time, we are disrespecting our true colors. And yes, while we're attributing Mother's Day and Father's Day and Independence Day, 
What about other countries? But we're doing this to the disrespect of our parallels and taking this to the boo fractor is just doing that even further. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> that's a classic Max rant. Um, I think an OG Cards Max, Cards Max thought on this podcast was about the rainbow foils being so trash. And obviously I agree with you there. Um, but in general, I think there's a lot of people who love holidays. They like really, you know, identify their personalities with certain holidays like Halloween. Uh, people go buck wild decorating their houses. I think people are down to collect Halloween themed cards. I think that we just need to put them in the right place and tops update blaster boxes is not the right place. I agree to in that like there's a disrespect that we can have towards tops total and the 990 card checklist that it used to have. And while it was a more bland release, you can have that sort of parallel breadth in a release that is meant to be atypical from the traditional flagship. That's why we have tops mini as distinct. That's why we have tops 3d as distinct. That's why we have tops holiday as distinct. And while I do think this, the flagship design is sacred doing derivative products of it is something that tops has already done and that tops has done successfully and it satiates the crazy rainbow collectors like myself sometimes who is still chasing his 2019 Luis severino rainbow but at the end of the day don't disrespect the flagship brand don't. exactly and you know me personally i'm hyped about update most hyped i've been about update in a long time because we got you know, the Giants have a couple good rookies in it. We got Casey Schmidt. We got Patrick Bailey, two guys that I'm hyped to collect. I am not going to be collecting these Halloween parallels, but good on anyone who is. Uh, let's just try to get them in the right product. But Max, I know you were at a card show. Enough with this bullshit. Uh, I know you were at a card show last week. One last thing I want to say before you chan channel. Um, no, no. High five. No stop sign. High five. But we've... I know this is a pro top. Uh, Tommy, can we agree that this is a pro taco fracture podcast? Or is this a taco fracture questioning podcast at the very at, least? At the very least, we are rejecting podcast. Yeah, at the very worst, we're neutral on taco fractures. At the very worst. At the very least, we're neutral at taco fractures. Taco fractures don't have the flagship parallel of the player. Why are people getting so crazy over an insert? The frozen fractor, okay. Flagship design, serial number to maybe negative five degrees or fewer. So you may even have negative two degrees. But taco fractors are an insert. Why are you getting mad over a contest? Tacos for life might be misleading. I think Ruben and the gang has and the group has been misattributing the hype towards the taco fractor as just making it be some big contest, and that let down people and collectors who were saying i've granted that speculative gambling and that kind of play stupid games and stupid factories play no not yeah play stupid games win stupid refractors <laughs> but the taco fractor isn't a parallel it's just an insert so if you're grinding your oswaldo cabrera 2023 tops rookie rainbow you don't need a taco fractor it's an insert clip it yeah, no, I agree. I'm tired of people conflating the radiating rookies and the taco fractors with actual parallels and refractors. Those are totally different things. I think people, I don't know, maybe I'm just a little drunk, Max, but uh, I'm 
It's pissing me off right now. It's pissing Radiating me the fuck off. can at least be attributed to having the flagship design, even if it's a different image variation and it's a different checklist number. But the top, like the top, like imagine getting mad over like the future stars insert. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that. Um, Max, okay. are you done with your rant about this? I also wasn't putting up the stop sign to you. I was more giving you the okay, and I just didn't mean okay. to, you know. High five, high 10. High yeah. 10. I went to a card show this weekend. I went to the Hofstra card show in Uniondale, Long Island, New York. Shame on me. I always said in Uniondale, but on Long Island. So always never say in Long Island. Shame on you if you do. And it was a two-day show. Um, I saw a lot of friends, cardboard friends, real-life friends. That's always fun. I rented my first rent-a-car. Uh, Tommy is a veteran, 25-year-old. And I'm just, Tommy, you're 25, right? Okay, not 26 yet. I am just a neophyte 24-year-old. So doing my first rent-a-car, I got slammed with the 92.56 young renter's fee because I'm not 25 yet. I'm still enjoying my youth. But yeah, enjoyed my rent-a-car, saw some friends, was very active during my three days and change I was there. Um, I had very few deals during the card show. I, it was really just a matter of just buying stuff where the numbers made sense, trying to buy off vendors that I know well. Um, it did cultivate some good discussion as to where the market was. I was speaking to one of my favorite Long Island local dealers. Uh, his name's John. He has no social media presence. And we were talking about what makes a good show versus a bad show. And he was saying how I think he has a certain benchmark that he makes in Hofstra and he has a certain benchmark that he'll make in Philly. And that, in terms of commerce, you know, from the commerce standpoint, again, I don't want to drop numbers, especially since I did you know, say his name just now. But I think compared to my point being compared to the general modern dealer who might be doing like genuinely like high five figures, high maybe even six figures in commerce in a single Dallas show, it just gave me a perspective that the and again, even through speaking with him, that the vintage marketplace is more so just about buying and selling to your routine clients that show up to your booth in person. The online presence only matters if you make it an online presence. And if you have your guys that are doing a full 520 T206 set, they are going to just come and see if you have, they have your commons and then walk off. You know, sure, you have some sharks that are going to try to flip based off eye appeal and flip based off how strong you are off comps. But he was even saying how now more than ever, you have to, even as a vintage dealer, you, you have to pay a little bit stronger than you'd like just because maybe, you know, your walkering flipper would buy at that price price without blinking twice and is easier to access. So, yeah, I have some mixed feelings on the Hofstra show in general. I have been no stranger to expressing them on this podcast. They, the group that owns them makes up one half of the group that has recently acquired the national some people will say, including my friend John, who is an older dealer, says that they're great at marketing. They get autograph guests. They get people in the door. My counter to that is they're going just to sign autographs. You're really just capitalizing on the local area, and you're not having people fly out. And if anything, the people that are flying out actively see these shows and are disinterested because of how much more commerce and activity and bartering happens at some of the more prominent shows. 
and that this is, if anything, a sense of losing a grip on the market share of time. But my thesis being, we live in a world where it's adapt or die. There are very few people in the entire country that fly out to card shows specifically to make money. And I am very grateful that I'm at this point where I get to be one of them. So I am not the center of the tension. I'm a very small percentage of the people that goes to shows. That being said, the way shows are marketed and grow affect all of us. And I want the best to 10x the hobby. Exactly. Um, I got a lot of thoughts on what you were saying. I mean, I know that like, you know, most dealers that make a make a show good, at least a local show, you know, aren't on social media. They don't give a fuck if Roth cards or whatever. I actually like Roth cards, but just like that type of person is, you know, who's coming to the show. They don't give a fuck if a doctor collectible is coming to the show or whatever and blowing and trying to promote it. It's all about, you know, these guys that come to their table, know what to buy. They buy, you know, spend 50 bucks with them every show that they have. They buy the same cards. They source cards for those guys. They curate their shit for those people they expect. Um, they aren't expecting to make the five, six figures that a Dallas show guy is expecting to make. Um, and it's kind of up to the show runners to curate that show for them and continue make them want to come back every time. I'm sure our friend Delco Alex will have thoughts on that since he is running like a local show as well in Philly. Um, but Max, the people come here to hear about your negotiating deals. They love, they love our thoughts on card shows, but they really love when you have beef with dealers, when you have funny interactions. Um, Do you have any funny interactions? Um, to your disdain, these are dealers that I mostly know and interact with. And they know what I can make use of and what maybe they, I, you know, I can't make use of or whatever. And this is just in terms of like, again, I think being well-rounded is great. Having your specializations are great. I am no better or no more equal than anyone else. But I, baseball, specifically modern baseball, will always be my evergreen sport. And I will always look at nice higher-end baseball and be interested in it. And etc. So if anything, that's my niche in a world where I'm trying to grow as much as possible and just be the best at cards on the entire planet. But I do have something that's a little funny. Um, I was talking with a dealer who I knew who we see each other, we say hi, I'm not too interpersonally close to them, but they have a great guy, they have a shop in, in Long Island. But I saw a SGC 2.5 Mickey Mantle in their display case, it was in 1956 tops. So that was the year 1956 tops, SEC 2.5. And he's like, Hey, you know, I'm like, Hey, what's your ask? And he's like, you know, you know how I can deal, you know, just make an offer and I'll try to be fair and you can see what we can do. And Max is coughing. Uh, I'm extremely excited to hear about what's going on here. 1956 tops SGC 2.5. You spot it in a case. What happens? Yeah, that was an extremely vigorous cough. Hello, producer editing section. Ah, but anyway, yeah, I see this 1956 tops Mickey Man. He says, make an offer on it. You know, I'll be easy to work with. Like, just we're going to base it on comps, whatever. And I'm like, usually the first thing that comes to my head is, 
make me an offer is just an extreme red flag that I'd never want to deal with. Nine times out of 10, I will just, if it's online, I'll just say no thank you. If it's in person, I will probably say no thank you. Since it was someone that I have a history with and I try to be friendly with, I would have just been seen as outright disrespectful. And I'm a disrespectful person, but not to that extent. And he says, hey, I'm going to go buy something from another booth. Like, let me know. You look at comps. And I'm like, okay, great. So I'm looking at comps. I looked at VCP, which is vintage cards prices. And it was something like SGC2s were doing on average like 730 um, I think SGC threes were doing about a thousand SGC 2.5 sales were in between. And I'm not just backing on the guy's card, but it was an extremely off center 2.5. Like, you know, some cards are like, you know, 70, 30, in one direction, you know, top bottom, 70, 30 in the other. It's like, no, this card was like tilted to the entire, like top right corner. Like it was not a good looking 2.5, but like, I love 1956 mantles. They are a great card. And I'm thinking, okay. And again, of course, since it's a half grade, the half grade, so less frequently than the full integer grades for our math heads that know what integers are, which hopefully is a lot of you. But That's the first time the word integer has ever been said on a podcast about sports cards. Guys, appreciate it. Yeah, integers these nuts. Anyway, um, SGC3s do about a thousand. You know, okay. And they were happening frequently. Like those were the most frequent comps. So I go up to him. So I'm so internally in my head, I'm thinking like, okay, if it were like an okay to SGC 2.5, it'd be worth like 850-ish. It's like it's really off center. It's like it may be worth 750 on my best day. Maybe it's worth 800. And I offer him 650. I wasn't thinking of a percentage, but I'm thinking, okay, I can make a little bit here at 650. And he's like, oh, no, that's that's so we're so far off. I can just like put this at a Facebook group and get like 120 percent comps and a raz. Like, dude, we're so far off. And I'm like, OK, what do we have in mind? He's like, yeah, like they comp for like twelve hundred. And it's like I can do like eleven seventy five on it. And I'm like, like maybe 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 for you eleven. And I'm like, OK, I'm like I'm showing him my card ladder. I'm like. Okay, but like these are three SGC threes right here that did like a thousand. It's like, okay, there's one SGC two five with an eye appeal sticker that a little higher. And then it's like, oh, here's all these sales that are much stronger. And I'm like thinking, like, you're still above that. He's like, yeah, manos move so easy. I don't need to be above, you know, too much below comps on them. And I'm, I'm even thinking, like, genuinely, it's like, it's, it wasn't a matter of like me trying to lowball, it was a matter of his valuation of it being like $400 higher than like my genuine good faith valuation was like, I, I like for an off center card like that of a 2.5, again, not just bagging on the person's card, but in my head, I was thinking, okay, maybe on, and I'm someone who is guilty of overpaying and overvaluing maybe on its best day, it's an $800 card. So, and then I'm like, of course the question comes back to my head. Hey, you got it. You know, you buying any mails you're selling them for so high. Might as well buy some for me. Right you know, my smug little self. So it turns out all my, mo the, almost all my vintage cards are in my PWCC vault, which I didn't realize, but I did know I had one with me. It was a 1953 Tops Mickey Mantle. Of course it's Mickey Mantle. 1953 Tops PSA 1 Mickey Mantle. Gorgeously centered, sharp corners, paper loss on the cap, few creases that you can see under light. Um, my eBay sticker was 2,500. I bought this from an auction house for $16.50 a few weeks ago. 
versus $1,650. And I go up to him, I'm like, hey, I'm asking $2,350 on this. And we're looking at comps and he's like, oh, lasted $1,600 and $2,000 and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, this card is destroyed. I'm like, mine has the corners of like a four. Mine has this, mine is like 60, 40 centering. All of these are like 70, 30 and have, you know, when they have corners that are rounder than my brain, I mean, they do not have sharp corners. It's like above comps, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, fine. I appreciate you looking, you know, Falkway still come up as friends at the end of the day. And then, uh, so he was thesis being, he, I was saying how I was low ball. He was saying how I was low balling on his 1956 mantle. He was saying how I was trying to get over comps on mine, how I was unreasonably sticker priced. And then later that night, I am at a bar with a friend. I get a notification on eBay and my 1953 PSA 1 Mickey Mantle is binned at full price for $2,500. Let's go. That's classic. Fuck that dude. I hate this dude. It seems like a whatever. I'm not going to talk too much shit. Yeah. Uh, but I love that you got it binned. That's a classic Cards Max justification moment. The Cards Max tax, as we like to say here. Let's go, Max. Big dollars. It's uh, great. That's a nice low. It's great when you're when you feel vindicated that you are an overpriced. I know I get you know I know I get some some whatever for having the max tax, but it's like I do genuinely believe in my cards, and it's not just out of hubris. It's because well, if you want good eye appeal, you have to you have to pay for it. Like that's how it works. I was looking at you know the sales history, and as of recording, it is October seventeenth of twenty twenty three, and I was the highest PSA one sale since May 29th, I want to say. For that PSA one nineteen fifty three mantle. So again, a strong sale, but not like a crazy, you know, biggest sale of all time. And it, in good faith, was a really nice looking mantle. Nice. Well, uh, did you buy any cards at the show, or did you just haggle with people? Um, I bought a card from John, the aforementioned vintage dealer. And again, it's funny because we were talking about. I don't you know. I don't think he was intending it as a sales pitch, but how he has to buy stronger than he usually does lately. And I bought an SGC. I mean, I'll re maybe I'll reveal the price on another podcast once I sell it. But you know, I bought an SGC four, nineteen fifty six Mickey Mantle from him. Sick. That's yeah. Cool. So the nineteen fifty six tops Mickey Mantle has been the card of the show right now. Um, I just sold my PSA five nineteen fifty six tops Mickey Mantle. So right now I presently own an SGC four as well as a PSA four. Nice. Uh, not as many cards. That's only one card. You literally bought one card, like no value. I bought, box I bought some like lamer cards. I bought a bunch of Mike Trout tops. Now autos. I bought like a Julio Rodriguez PSA 10 X factor that I'm going to squeeze like a $10 profit on. Um, I bought a Sandy Koufax 2000 SP. I think it's chronology is the insert set autograph um like i but the thing is i came to hofstra expecting the vintage heavy hitters i'm not just ragging on the show but it's one that always disappoints and going in as a flyout dealer also just hurt again i was going for the friends and for seeing my people and enjoy and you know enjoying my home that i've been at for 23 years you know long island is my home it will never not be tommy i don't know how you feel about san francisco but uh yeah well, that's my upbringing um, those are my those are my stomping grounds so yeah. there was an emotional aspect with that that made me go there instead of the nashville card show that was also happening happening concurrently but that being said show was a letdown 
hate to hear that. Uh, I am born and raised in Oakland, California. And that's how I feel about Oakland, California. Yeah. Um, I'm bummed that you didn't get to buy as many cards. The tops now, Mike Trout autos seem really lame. Uh, bummed about hearing about those in general. Uh, you, you're someone's that's name I hear a lot this week. That was great grammar. Um, is Bryce Harper. Max, you are owner, the owner of some of the nicest Bryce Harper cards in existence. Yeah, you're have you you're seen quick. any have you seen any action on these? Have you sold any Bryce Harper cards? The dude rakes. I've had so many friends text me about Bryce Harper this week outside of the card world just saying how cool they think he is. Um, how much of a baller he is. Seems like the ideal like card selling conditions if there were ever such a thing. Um, yeah, you're you're twisting the knife in my stomach right now. Um, I had two blue Topps Chrome autographs, blue autographs, and one was in a Beckett 9.5 and one was in a PSA 10. It's a pop 10 in a PSA 10. And I used one in order to acquire the, I used the PSA 10 to acquire the Shohei Otani red ink. And look, on one stand, like I was saying that it was worth 2,500. We had to take it in at 2,200 trade value or whatever, you know, the, or excuse me, not or whatever, but it's like, you're going back and forth and I'm like, Dude, this card is worth twenty five hundred. I know it's worth twenty five hundred. I'm already paying over trade value on this Otani. Like, let me, like, just give me the twenty five hundred. They were like, no. I love KK sports cards, but they were like, no. So, having Bryce Harper go ballistic in the playoffs hurt on that a little bit. Just from I knew I could have gotten more from the card, but on the same token, and you know, in a friendly and in jest way, I am going to remind them. Hey, remember that sick card I had that you guys were firm on 22 and 25 on? And I'm like, I was right. You know, just again, not related to them, but just a good life lesson in general. People like to do deals with people that they enjoy and that they deal with. And also when it feeds the food chain, if it's like, okay, if they eat on that card a little bit, that they know that they can come back to me and know that I can feed them further, even if it's lateral move, even if it's whatever. So knowing that these negotiations are in good faith and that at the very least, if I'm saying I'm bullish on a card for good reason and it actually translates, then that's all the merrier. Um, so I moved, so I moved that about two weeks ago. I moved that, I think the week before the Hofstra show. So a week and a half. And I sold a, at my local show or excuse me, not a local show, but at a local Southwest Florida show that happens monthly it's a little funny. I think I went to Philly that weekend. I went to Philly on that Friday and I spent about 7K. And I went to the Southwest Florida show, which I've been to a few times. And I dropped like 3,500 after coming in at noon and the show was closing at two. Completely did not expect that. And one of the, my buys was that I had a Bryce Harper BGS 9.5. I robbed the guy. I got it for like 950 bucks. I sold it to a New York dealer I know who... Again, I was just trying to make the quick play. I knew it could have gone a little bit more. I moved it for about 1075 And since his playoff heroics, the card is that it now has a, has a BGS 95 comp for 1500 Dude, I'm not talking about any of those cards. I'm talking about your. I know auto. what you're talking about. I know you're talking about the, 20, the 2012 661 super short print sticker autograph. I knew that's what you were referring to. We but, talked about that card like four straight episodes like a year ago. Yeah, and I still have both of them. And I don't care if I'm underwater or overwater on them. They're kind of cards that I just want to keep until 
I have a reason not to keep them or until the Do you rare have list. them listed. Are they listed on eBay? I have it listed for like 4K. I have it listed for something obscene. Um, the PSA 10 went on open auction for it one, once and I like got bored and decided not to bid it up. And I really regret that. But uh, wrapping up the Harper point, um, that hurt just because of the blue autograph point. Uh, those hurt just because I knew he was going to go crazy in the playoffs. And it's like, I'm talking to, no, okay. Oh, yeah, you knew he okay, was going to no. go crazy okay, in the playoffs. Let me talk, okay, I didn't predict that he's going to go crazy in the playoffs, like to this extent. But we saw the same thing with the Phillies last year. And we know that Harper's market heats up in October when he does well. So, no, I'm not trying to say I'm some sports betting savant, but if there were any player that I would have thought would have appreciated during playoffs, my pick would have been Harper. My pick would not have been Ronald Acuna where the premium's already baked in and then he lost. My premium would have always been the Phillies are a sleeper team. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That being said, now time to reverse into the 661A autos. I think it's 661A. Whatever. 661, um, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, sick. I know ball. Yeah. Um, I own two of them. It is Bryce Harper's true rookie is the equivalent of Ronald Acuna Jr.'s 2018 bat down. It is a short print variation in Topps Series 2 made in a limited quantity. I don't think it's a variation, though. I think it's just an extra card in the checklist, right? I agree, but it's a variation in the same way that bat down is a variation. Or maybe I'm incorrect, and maybe it just ends at 660. So it's just an extension. It's like a base set short print. I think it's a, I think it's that case. Yeah. I think it's a base set. You're correct. Probably. I'm, I assume you're correct. I think I'm incorrect here. But in addition to those extremely short printed cards, they had hobby exclusive sticker autographs that were, I think, once every few hobby boxes, once every few cases, something like that. And I think last I checked, there's only about 40 graded in the PSA population. And I own two. I own a BGS nine with a 10 autograph, which is really hard on Harper's early career autos, as well as a PSA eight, which I bought at the national two years ago. So it's always a card I'm interested in. I don't want to go underwater or crazy on cards it, like buying holds or investment pieces or cards. I like is always difficult for me because I view it as an operating expense rather than as something that's going to make me more money. So I, I like I lost $125 in internet blackjack at a, excuse me, not internet blackjack at like a, like video blackjack, whatever. Like when you're at a bar and there's video blackjack and I was like up $15 at first and I withdrew it. I'm like, Oh my genius. And then I like the, the video dealer got blackjack thrice in a row. I'm like, okay, this is kind of rigged. I'm going to put 50 more dollars in. But my That's point so being burritos, how many burritos is that? Dude, that was half of my rent-a-car cost. Brutal. But but it was fun. But anyway, we spending money on a personal expense is something that's fundamentally difficult for me just as a person. Yeah. So doing that on cards that I don't intend to move is difficult. That being said, I love the oddity of the card. I love that the card is relatively rare with probably maybe 100 copies that are in graded circulation or on the open market they don't reach the open market on open auction often and i'm a believer in extremely rare cards of superstars i just had to check in i know it's been a card that we've talked about a lot and i don't want to leave you hanging yes 
I didn't know if you had sold one or what your plan is because I know that you have two. Um, I know that he's hot as hell. Uh, you don't. You obviously have the cards max. No offers open on that one, right? Yeah, the PSA ten ended so low a few months ago that my asking price is not going to be something that I want on it. You mean no one's going to want to pay your asking price on it? Probably, yeah. That's but and I also really regret not buying that PSA ten. How much did the ten go for? Do you remember? Like eighteen hundred dollars. Oh shit! Yeah, too you low. Fucked up. You fucked too up. low. I was. It's the extended bidding, man, on PWCC. It's like you you underestimate. You can underestimate it sometimes. Um, That's fair. Um, I have two not, cards yeah. in my hand that came back from grading that are in particularly cool cards that we've discussed a little bit on the podcast, but I have them in hand now. You uh, you led me right into my next question, which was, I know you sent me a screenshot of a fat PSA submission that you got back, and I want to know about it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, first, the cards that are in hand. I would, I Tommy, you see this? My LeBron James Kaboom 2022 Crown Royal PSA 10, as well as the most unofficial official investment sports analysis advice we will ever have is that Tommy and I are in agreement that Benedict Matherin is an absolute dog and that he's very good at basketball. And I'm holding a PSA 10 gold shimmer out of 10 from Prism. And yeah, these are two of the cards in my hand. I usually don't have the privilege of being like having grading successes of cards like this, especially not in like the basketball realm, but yeah, I, I, I honestly don't have much of a point. I'm just stoked to own them. I'm, I'm hyped. Uh, I like that Kaboom LeBron. Cause it's like his celebration after setting the NBA scoring record. Right. So yeah, it is. It adds a little bit of historical relevance to a Kaboom to Kabooms that like, I don't know, generally speaking, like, I don't know, third, fourth year kabooms. I don't know if those are really going to be super relevant long-term, but that one has a little special spot. What do you think of Steph Curry's in that set with him doing the, just like the sleeping pose? Yeah. I'm a, I'm pro night, night celebration cards. Uh, I have one from the road to the final set. Uh, does seem like Panini made a bunch of them. So I'm not going to like say I'm going to collect them all. Um, but okay. that is like kind of an iconic thing for Steph during this like certain part of his career so I like them curating the kabooms for like things that happened in the previous year I think adds something to it agree also um I feel very few people this but remember the Jackson Holiday Bowman Chrome Gold Auto that I had yeah so the people that I mean this is like one of the biggest I think yeah at the time it definitely was the biggest card that I bought specifically to raw to grade yeah and I bought it as a PSA 9 I cracked it. I sent it to PSA again. It nined. So it's been a nine twice now. Sent it to Beckett. Results came back. Uh, subgrades are 10, 9, 5, 9, 5, 9, and at BGS 9, 5. Is that an upgrade for value? Oh, BGS 9, 5 over PSA 9? Yeah. Oh, totally. This Wait, is like so you, a, so you won big. Oh, I won big. It's not PSA 10 big, but. I think I'm throwing this card at like a 10k OBO sticker price. Oh shit! Harley because I bought it for 5k. Now, granted, Dude. like I'm fine revealing this because these are public comps. I bought the I was the last PSA nine purchase at 5k. And then I remember since, you buying this because you were like, "This is the be- the most I've ever spent on a card to raw to gr- or to like crack and resub." Yeah, and then I also had like a massive shit post tweet of like, "Dude, I just found this in the dollar box," 
And then people are like, why are you lying to me? Why are you trying to deceive me in the comments? And it, I, that was like one of the biggest laughs I had. Dude, people are fucking dumb, dude. But since then, like a PSA 8 did like 4K and a BGS 8.5 gold wave did like 2.7. So like that makes me think that like a PSA 9 is worth like 5.5 to 6. And that like a PSA 10 is worth 15. So the 9.5 is going to be worth like 10-ish. That's at least like my rationale. So that's going to come in soon, and I'm, like, pumped for that. That's sick. Um, I kind of, Max, I'm sorry to cut you off. Okay. But I bought so many cards on eBay this week that I want to talk yes. about. Um, so many. So many cards. We, uh, we, have, um, we have one last. I'll highlight the biggest other card that came yeah. back. Uh, my order that I sent out immediately after the National uh, popped today. Don't have the cards in hand yet. And one of the biggest alley-oops turned not alley-oops of cardboard history was Tommy finding a Wander Franco opening day short print sticker autograph of Wander Franco from 2021 Tops. It's a picture of him blowing the bubble gun. I mean, it's the bubble gum and it's the sticker autograph. Those are serial number to 10. I paid about $250 for it in July. And then I sent it out to grading because it looked clean. Wander Franco um, put his things in places where he shouldn't have, literally and figuratively, sadly, and I'm not going to joke or make light of that situation at all. But financially, it tanked, again, secondary and tertiary to what actually happened with Wander Franco. You know, the card tanked. You you have brought up Wander Franco every episode, and every time you give the same little spiel about, hey, it's justified that his card value is going down. I don't approve of his actions and I love it every every time you give like a different little spiel. And it's like, all right, dude. Okay, I'm sorry. Sometimes I'm, I am i don't know who's out trying to cancel me. I have to make sure that I'm very articulate. And uh, hey, it's not a bad thing. You know? No, 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 not a bad thing. No, Wander Frank was saying Condemning it, not good. No, condemning it, good. Condemning yes. it, good. Um, but anyways... Glad you could listen to my spiel for that for this episode, which is justified. But the card did 10, which is which my grading eye was right on that one. Uh, probably even with a 10 like it, which is incredible. Like it, I got a, such a good deal. Even with that happening, I may still break even or only have like a marginal loss. But if that situation didn't happen, we probably would have been looking at like a $250 raw buy to like a $1,500 to $2,000 sticker price. So that's a yeah. little bit painful. That would have been sick. That would have been so sick. Yeah. Like I remember um, I was, I'm sitting on Tommy's air mattress and I we got, we went to some chicken place or something like that. Just an I and the me and Tommy's, you know, banter when I'm at his apartment or excuse me, home, not apartment, home. It's, not apartment. it's, it's a home. All right. Long Island is my home. And I had some banana bread pudding. And I'm like, Tommy, this is all for you. It's like, you're letting me stay. And Tommy's like, no, dude, it's fine. I do for this for you. And I'm like, no, Tommy, you found me this wander. I'm going to make money on it. You can eat like a king. Enjoy this banana bread pudding that I got for my chicken place order. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I did kind of make you some money there. I'll eat it. I'll own up to it. And now, full circle. 
It's time for eBay buys of the week, Max. Yes, it is. But that was a value. I'm, I'm fired up. You're going to love my first one. Okay. Um, so obviously, if you listen to the Gaby Card Stacks episode, Bowman Chrome U is out now. Um, I have been hunting this Northwestern quarterback that's in the, the set, Brendan Sullivan. Um, a red shimmer out of five popped on eBay. It was $39.99. OBO. So I mm-hmm. sent it to Gabe. I'm like, Gabe, I really want this like 39.99 OBO. Seems reasonable. I might throw out an offer here. Uh Gabe goes ver- it, what he goes is uh I'll I'll send a $20 offer so your $30 offer looks better. So I send a $30 offer. I screenshot the offer. I send it to him. I go, "Deal. Do it. Send the $20 offer." I s- kid you not, Max. Within 5 minutes of us sending these offers, the guy takes my offer i get the card 30 bucks um so shadow gave for the idea i had never even thought about it 30 dollars on that one that's my guess you were gonna guess i was gonna spend 30 dollars on it no that's just my post hindsight guess but uh just want to give a shout out to gabe for uh hooking me up by doing this little kind of mini assist uh sending a lower offer than my offer to make my offer look good i thought that was kind of funny um and then i bought two other 2023 prism draft picks northwestern football cards of the same guy this running back evan hole he's on the colts um i bought a purple at a 75 for two dollars fifty cents plus one dollar fifty cents shipping and then i got a gold shimmer which for some reason in prism draft picks is at a 15 instead of out of 10 beats me why that's the reasoning i got it for 99 cents plus five dollars shipping so i got the gold shimmer out of 15 the purple that is really my premium northwestern card parallel out of 75 all for a combined under $10 shipped, which was nice. Max, you're going to like this one. Uh, I bought a 2008, and I want to hear what you thought, what you think this card cost me. Um, and when I, Alex kind of called me out, Saratoga Slabs. I buy a lot of cards on eBay for cheap, but I think I need to factor in the shipping dollars and just do give you like a total amount of dollars paid for a card. I think that's more accurate. Um, but I bought a 2008 Top Silk parallel out of 50 troy tulowitzki gold cup troy tulowitzki 2008 the silk i don't know if to call them parallels or inserts i think they're parallels because they are like the flagship they're framed design. right yeah they're framed i'm gonna say 16 dollars. total 14 dollars 39 cents I'm close. I'm close. I'm close. I'm good at this. You it's like it. part of it is like I'm think I try not to add the what did Tommy get it? You know, he got it at a price that is would keep my jar, my jaw ajar. And yeah, I mean I think I my gut tell my heart tells me that that is like a $30 card. Yeah. I don't know. It's been, it was sitting on eBay for a while. So it was one of those ones that I've been watching and that's been going down from like, I think originally like a $30 bin down and down and down. Just out of curiosity, have you ever organically looked at cards that you wanted to buy and then have found a listing of mine? No. Yeah. I, I guess look, at, you. I look I at your eBay store every once in a while though, just to make sure. I don't, I don't think I do enough Warriors cards for me to organically search up in your algo. Yeah, because um, I might be able to sneak in there with some giants, but not yeah. enough Tommy cards. 
No, you you deal with too much. Like it's either ultra modern, which is like Giants rookies that I don't really care about, except I am caring about Patrick Bailey a little bit, Casey Schmidt, because I think they're going to be decent or at least better than like fucking Joey Bart's bitch ass. Um, but I don't know. I was also so this weekend, Max. I went to a wedding with my girlfriend Abby. Um, yeah, married. It was a, it was a <laughs> fuck you. It was a family friend of Abby, who I had met once. So, so I was. Had- I was the randomest person at this wedding. I was, I made a joke that I was the least likely to get a shout out in any sort of speech at the wedding because I was the randomest person there. Um, but that led me to have like some kind of like down random time where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to kind of like impulsively buy some cheap eBay cards that I've been watching for a while. Uh, one of those cards was a 2008 Topps Chrome Orange Refractor out of 499 Corey Maggetti. Uh, Corey Maggetti being a legend of the Warriors who. Fun fact for you here, Max. Corey Maggetti owns the record for most points scored in a game without a field goal. I think it's like almost 20, I think it's like 21 points all from free throws without scoring a bucket all game. Uh, So Corey Maggetti is kind of a meme, but also he was pretty good. So I got the Orange Refractor 2008 Topps Chrome, which is like widely considered the best Topps Chrome year, I think. Um, I got that for $3 plus $1 shipping. Excited to get that one in. Um, I bought a... 2013 Topps Bryce Harper Gold Cup Emerald Foil. So I did post all my Bryce Harper Gold Cups. I bought this one after, or I guess technically before then. Um, I got that for $10 plus $1 shipping. And then, oh, I I wish I had this card. I couldn't find it. Max, and before I say what card this is, um, does it ever happen for you, Max, that you buy a card on eBay and then it doesn't show up in your app on your purchases? No. You've never had that? No. I don't know. This card disappeared from my purchases. So I was like, maybe I got refunded or something and I didn't see it. But it just showed up in my mail one day. So I guess it's fine. Uh, this was, and Max, you probably already saw this card on eBay or on uh, Twitter. But I bought a 2011 Topps American Pie Spotlight Foil out of 76. The pill, birth control is created, 1960s card. Um, Max, do you want to guess how much that cost me? Serial numbered out of 76. Yeah, card. I'm going to say like eight bucks. It was brutal. I, I paid 20 bucks for that card. And okay. I stand by it. I stand by it. No, I encourage you to spend $20 on that. I told you exactly where that card should be placed. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think I sent you like a few weeks ago, one of the Taylor Swift Kanye spotlights out of 76 sold for like 1500 bucks on auction which is kind of nuts mm-hmm. but i um, see some cool cards and like in my texts that were just like hey these cards are dank what are some other ones that you saw that we've texted each other these are not cards that we've purchased obviously just yeah no i sent you just like cards that i was looking at i found like a mac mcclung gold scope out of eight from prism chronicles and prism chronicles is a little bit cooler because like you actually have better photos of the players and gold scope, I don't think is a parallel in traditional prism. You just have the other colored scopes. So that was kind of cool. And I also found like a 2005 exquisite Nate Robinson massive RPA. I have to think this is one of the greatest Nate Robinson cards in existence. Um, it's at it's on eBay auction as we speak and it's ending tonight. And it's presently at $150. Great patch. Great autograph. Cool card. But I'm not spending $150 on Nate Robinson. 
Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the exquisite patch autos of like rookie patch autos, though, like that is the primo anything. Like you can you can get solid money for even like random, not random. I mean, obviously Nate random. Nate Robinson is random. Nate Robinson does have like old, you know, figure to it. I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, Nate Robinson is two inches taller than me. <laughs> Nate Robinson's a fucking legend and was on the Warriors for half a season. So shout out him. Yeah. Um, um I'm done. Wait, bef- I'm done with my eBay buys, Max. But last week I forgot to talk about some flips because I actually sold some cards. One card that Com I sold. C. Com C. This was a huge flip for me. Uh, last year I bought a bunch of tops gold rookie cards of basketball guys, like normal flagship paper golds. Uh, one I bought was a 2009 Topps Gold Drew, Drew Holiday out of 2009. I bought it for $14.25. Uh, I sold it two days ago for $26.60. That's almost a 100% profit on a card. Let's fucking go. Uh, shout out Celtics fans. Uh, that was a fun one. And then I listed my... I finally listed my Ron DeSantis card that I talked about like two months ago. So I'm hoping that someone bins that one. Uh, we'll see TBD. Uh, but that's all I got, Max. I'm gassed. I'm fucking tired, dude. Today, I for an event for work, I went to this thing, this like electric vehicle conference because our my company I work for uses like all electric vehicles. JB Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, was there. I got a nice photo op with him. He posted it on his Instagram. Me, my boss, and JB Pritzker in front of our van. That was pretty fun. Uh, I want to check in on your tender dates after you say what you bought on eBay this week, Max. So I've had a uh, no dates to update you on, sadly. Um, and so eBay buys only three this week. Nothing too crazy or too interesting. Two of them were Nikola Jokic, red, white, and blue prisms from 2015 prism rookies. One was a BGS9 with relatively strong subs, and one was a PSA9. And I think it's a card with like a 23% gem rate, so not high. But the nine, what the BGS nine was 0.5 away from a 9.5, and the PSA nine just looks clean. So I bought those because you never know what's going to happen, and cards are fun. And I also bought a 2016 select uh, Patrick Mahomes XRC um, PSA nine. You know how this game goes. I'm just trying to have some fun. I'm just trying to mess around and be a little silly and have some fun. So those cards will be cracked. Um, hopefully, if they're in good enough condition to be cracked, they'll be cracked. Um, I guess to highlight, there's one. I had some recent eBay sales that I think you'll find interesting. I got a nice picture of them before I sent out. It was just like, I, it was six cards. I guess one of them doesn't belong out of the others because it was worth much less and wasn't a four-figure card. But I shipped all of these today after coming back from the Hofstra show. I shipped the aforementioned 1953 tops PSA one Mickey Mantle. I shipped a PSA ten Josh Giddy downtown. I shipped a 1956 tops PSA five Mickey Mantle. Shipped a 2016 Triple Threads Bryce Harper one of one relic. I shipped a 2023 Victor Wembanyama, or however you pronounce his name, Bowman University auto, and a 2022 contenders optic gold autograph out of 10 of stefan curry so that was in my outgoing mail today really 
Wait, I'll... you don't want, can you, you, you sold yeah. these already. Tell me how much they yeah. sold. For. Okay. Cool. I didn't, well, I don't want, I don't want to talk about myself. It's my podcast, but I want to, you know, you got to tickle it out of me. All right. Um, I'll, I guess I'll say the card and you guess the price. No. Okay. Um, just, job... just tell, just tell me what they sold for and I'll tell you which one is the most shocking. Okay. Um, 53 Mantle, 2,500. That was mentioned already. Giddy, PSA 10, 2,200. 56 Tops Mantle, PSA 5, 2,400. Bryce Harper, Triple Threads, one of one. Relic, non-auto, uh, $165. Victor Wembenyama, Bowman University Auto, 1,000. Stephen Curry, Gold Contenders Ticket Auto out of 10, uh, 2,000. Uh, I would say the Steph for 2K is pretty surprising. Is that on card? On card. Okay, that makes sense. And I, gold. I think, Max, I'd like to monitor the Victor Wembenyama Bowman Chrome Auto uh, just long term, see what the value changes on it. Um, I am personally super excited to watch Victor Wembenyama play basketball in the NBA. Um, honestly, the card world has kind of poo-pooed my excitement for young guys because i'm like oh this is ridiculous he shouldn't be getting this much money he spent on his cards but then i'm like nah this is amazing i'm so hyped to see this seven five freak french dude play his his uh highlights from preseason are nuts so i'm excited to see that um you bought those from jason right you bought you bought like a lot from our boy jason i bought the victor Wembanyama autograph from jason of course it wasn't gradable because what would you expect from that guy no, I'm happy. Yeah, that that motherfucker. Um, but it was been, I, but like again, part of again, it was part of it is just about doing the work. I mean, I know Jason again. I love Jason. Jason does the work in a lot of other things, but he is someone that's adamant in saying that he isn't going to milk every penny. And like, if I put the Wemby on social media, I probably would have gotten like negative bites. And I sold it on eBay, and it was binned at a thousand. And it's funny that you mentioned Wembenyama and how the real life hype correlates to card world hype. And something that I think is useful as a, an indicator of the market is the multiplier from PSA or from raw to PSA 10. And usually I'd say on most tops cards and even most prism cards, it's about 2.5 raw for a PSA 10. And the Wembenyamas do about I think eight hundred to a thousand dollars raw, and the PSA tens do fifteen hundred. So that's really indicating that it's a small, almost non-existent premium placed on PSA ten Bowman U Victor Wembanyama autos, which, in my opinion, indicates an unhealthy market of people that actually want to buy the PSA tens. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I'm exhausted, Max. I'm going to bed. Uh, what do you got? What do you got to say to people? at the end here this is a fun one i'm glad that we got to catch up a little bit um give the people what they want with our ebay buys i really went crazy on ebay so i was excited to talk about some of those cards um what do you got to say though uh congratulations to the newlyweds of uh tommy and abby vaughn fuck you dude <laughs> <laughs>